Last time on Geek Force, the squad discussed the finales of She-Hulk Attorney at Law and Amazon's Ring of Power, and they wrapped with a rendition of our favorite guy, Chris Pratt's version of Super Mario Brothers and Movies. It's a me, Chris Pratt. But see what happened, see what's happening today, now on Geek Force. Welcome to Geek Force, the show where pop culture rules all. I'm your host, Kat. How do you do that before we start the show? It was a like, no. like, I was just like, it's wait. It's me, Chris Pratt. With me today is the amazing G-Squad of Marlon and Amy. Mm-hmm, Ray is mm-hmm. off doing superhero duties. Ray's been so. kidnapped in a car and he has no control over how to get home. I didn't say that. I said he was off doing superhero duties. That's what I was duty. like, are you, are you okay? Blink once if you're okay. <laughs> Yeah, Ray, be safe out there. Uh, hey, you guys. Oh, right. Welcome back. It's been a minute um, since we've had that Mario discussion and all that jazz. Um, mm-hmm. But we have a lot to actually catch up and talk on, like always. So uh, I have to start off with this because the night that we, or at least the week before we filmed our last show, it was the finale of House of Dragon. I know it's called the House of the Dragon, but it's House of Dragons. Wasn't it's gonna correct you. Wasn't gonna correct you. I know, but Marlin I was saying that t- in case, le- in case <laughs> listeners are like, Are you that? He's like, actually, cat, actually. It's no, First it's, of all, Kat, it's House I mean, of Dragons. I, I'm glad that Eaming did remind me, Hat, it is House of Dim Dragons. That's true. So it's House that's, of that's, Dragons. That is, that is, that is my know, correction. Fun fact House because of, of Black Dragons. Twitter, because they hashtag Dim Dragons and stuff, they actually created a whole, um, Twitter created them a whole emoji. So during that time when they were live tweeting, there's a little emoji attached to that hashtag. So it's like, shout out to Twitter for recognizing what may, actually made, what this, what made that po- the after show even more exciting. It's going on Twitter and reading everyone's tweets. Can I ask a quick question about Twitter? Since, yeah. since I know, Kat, you use Twitter. I don't know, Marlon, if you use Twitter. Are you going to yeah. keep Twitter? It's up. Because now that Elon Musk is now taking over the I internet. Did see, <laughs> I did see someone tweet uh a ceo that has a ceo who's three who's ceo three times over because he's a ceo three times over ceos must not have nothing to do and someone said that tweet got deleted and it's like is it because she at elon and it's already starting like you can't say stuff i don't know i have to look more into that but i am curious about how that is going to go down because like the twitter that because again as you know twitter has different sides you, mm. you you you're on twitter a lot you understand what i mean so like there's mm. film twitter there's black twitter okay. there's anime twitter there's so many different twitters so that when you're customizing basically your mm. timeline everything you see it's like stuff that you engage in or like i don't know what changes are in effect like if he's gonna like clean that up then i'm gone because if there's one thing i like i like talking to everyone that likes the same things i like and following people that like the same thing. And it's like, we're not doing this no more. Oh, no. I'm, I'm leaving Twitter. Yeah, because I, I read that since he's taken over, like, they're not, like, being as, like, thorough on checking things. So, like, the use of the N-word has gone up, like, 300% since he bought Twitter officially. Um, so I was just curious, like, what were your feelings on that? Like, he's going to let, like, Trump come back, Kanye come back. People who you don't want a platform, giving them back a platform. So uh, I was curious how you felt about existing a platform that is now 
Watch. the definition of free speech, but also hate speech. So it's kind of this weird. Basically, it's, it's, it's going to be weird, a place for rich people. Weird thing. It's going to be, I think for now, since it just happened, it's like, I think I'm okay. But I, I do, I do worry about a lot of people I follow. And usually they're like black creator, great black creators that deal with that type of stuff because they do do cosplay. They do talk about things that people think that they shouldn't talk about because it's a video game or whatever. And if I starting to see how hate speech is taken over, then I think we're just going to leave in droves and probably basically revive MySpace because oh my like, that's the only alternative in this is reviving MySpace or Black. You can't even log on anymore. One of those things. Give us your password. <laughs> Some, we're all tech people. We can create our MySpace 2.0. And we will go there and we will continue black Twitter and and anime Twitter and all that because that's all we want to do is have an open forum talking about our face. We don't need racism in the... You can't do that because you're black. Really? Get out of here. You know? So, Anyways, that's all I wanted to ask. You can go on now. Yeah. Dark days ahead, but we'll see. Um, Speaking of dark days, uh, again, House of Dragons, that ended... And it ended on a pretty high note, in my opinion. Um, we've been covering the show since it started. And I think, I don't know about you, Eming, but I've definitely had such a roller coaster feeling about the show. Before it even came out, I was not impressed. <clears throat> mm-hmm. When it started, I still wasn't impressed. Towards the middle, I was like getting used to a lot. Because the actors were phenomenal. Like the, when the, the younger actors, the actors in between... Everyone was amazing, and I I will give them props for. Uh, they did have better writers as far as like showing the content. They learned from Game of Thrones, so when it came to showing things that were not, how do I say this politely? That distance show a lot of assault on people. They didn't do that on here, and they definitely became more aware of the women characters and how their plights are. And I was like, Game of Thrones didn't give a, a damn about that. And they showed everything. And I think that was a big problem of that show. It's like a great show, but then it's like fast forwarding a lot of scenes that were just too much. And so there were things that I was like, I already liked more than Game of Thrones, but I was just like, but where's the story? And it took us to get to, after like 5,000 time jumps in one season, the last time jump, which we're going to stay on because it's like from here on out. Uh, it got really, really good because the tensions are super, super high. Main characters are already like dying, killing, portraying, jumping sides. And this was all in the last two episodes. So knowing that season two will probably be out by 2024, another show that's going to take two years to make. <sighs> I am ready to kind of jump in and be like, what worked, what worked well with this show? And why did it take so long to build that mo- that momentum to get that good? And can we still hold on to that momentum knowing that Miguel, one of the showrunners, has left? Um, but if you follow the story, you kind of know there's going to be way more craziness involved. And are you looking forward to seeing that? Especially with the dragons. I'm not looking forward to the dragon parts because those are the saddest parts in the book to me. Someone actually brought that up and I was like I'm not looking forward to the part 
there's a part of the story where basically dragons just get hurt, like hurt, and people go crazy. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> it's like people, people at war know what to expect, but the dragons, what do the dragons do to y'all? Don't hurt the dragons. So seeing that in the finale, I was just like, oh gosh, a dragon's down. Oh my gosh. With a boy who was a baby. Yeah, I <laughs> I had so much issue with Queen Ray Ray. I think I, I was really, I really, really was hoping, and it just made more sense because I feel like they've done this in the past, where if you send a messenger, you send a fucking army with them for protection. And I was like, okay, it's her child. She'll send like a ship. A ship, a little ship with guns. I don't care, knives, guns, whatever. Something to protect this little boy who has never done this before. But no, 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 no. She doesn't do that because that'd be the smart thing to do. No, she sends her little boy into a storm, mind you, to deliver a message. Not fucking thinking that Allison has probably already done the same thing. Yeah, that, that, that was just didn't make any oversight. sense to me. I was like, the littlest one. He's the most likely to fucking die. <laughs> I think mm. I think in, in their defense, they were thinking, oh, you just so hop in a skip over, say some words, come right back. Didn't take into fact of the weather, didn't take into fact that it's, hey, but it's called Storm's End. <laughs> the greens have dragons too, so they could get there too. Like, we're not thinking about that. Um. Yeah, like, and then when he got there, like that little boy was so brave. Because when I saw mm-hmm. Vagar just over the whole freaking castle, I would have been like, you know what? I'll come back I'm tomorrow. Going home. I'm gonna watch Netflix. <laughs> he was like, I'm still gonna go in there and tell this man. First of all, again, this is a Baratheon, you know, naturally, uh, uh, a descendant of. Or basically, you know, if you remember Robert Baratheon from Game of Thrones, they actually look very similar, which I thought was funny. But my question, I don't know if you noticed, does this man know how to read? No. No. In the books, the Baratheons are too proud to read. All of them? Yeah, like it's in in the books, like I think uh, Jordan Martin has like a line being like, the Baratheon's pride keep them from learning letters. That's so so dumb. We're very proud to be illiterate. Like we chose to be illiterate. People could lie to us. How does that make sense? We could be signing documents. Yeah, someone read it for him. But you're going to be like, yeah, he just wants $5 knowing that it says 500 million. Stuff like that. Anyway. What an odd house. <laughs> like, I, I, if you stand Baratheon, I just, I want to know why. Besides, like, what do they do? That's another conversation. But yeah, that man didn't know how to read. Kick that kid out. And then Aemon, with his silly ass, this to me was also a turn of the story for him. Because even though he always liked to punk his nephew's I'm going to say nephews because they're, mul- they're multiple relations between their families. His nephews, he didn't take into fact like, hey, this is war. People can die. He was doing the whole, you know, fuck around, find out type play. You know, when you're, pl- when you're roughhousing your cousin, basically. He, him playing around going, I demand a sacrifice. I demand your eye. Then chasing him in that storm with his giant ass dragon, who he still has not controlled. And then that little boy died. 
the look on Haven's face was just like, well, that that was actually one of my favorite scenes because it's like, now I understand that's not what you meant to do, but you did it. What are you going to do now? Because you started a whole you started a whole I, war because you were playing around. I you yeah. <laughs> I, I am curious because I know in the books that it was his actions were more intentional. So I'm wondering right. why they switched that, like to make him more like human like less like i'm a dick i'm gonna kill someone but like really like oh he actually i think there's is sort of emotional here. in some like he didn't mean to because now the I, world's about to be fucked <laughs> right i think they've spoken to this behind the scenes a lot like and that's why i really respect the writing team on this show they again you know this this book that you guys are reading that is that was meant to be told in the way of because the victors won. This is this is what was this is a story passed down fast like they say they pass it down and it's written. Right. So that means truth is omitted. And that means when the show was created, writers had the liberty to take and change certain things to make it more logical, right. you know, as we're seeing it on screen. Like Lenore is actually not dead. He just went to have his best life somewhere else. Hey, that works. I but yeah, go ahead. I, I have a question about that. When he left, did his dragon go with him? Because I, I know they, they know I don't think he was a dragon their rider. owner is going somewhere. They gave it, they gave it to a dragon rider. Because when um oh. when David was naming all the dragons, they're like, who's going to ride so-and-so? They're like, we'll find them. We have to find someone. Because they do have we, they do have a lot of dragons, but they don't have enough dragon riders. Mm-hmm. Even the ones that, like, you know, like, what Lainor left behind. So it's like they're trying to do everything so fast, and it's like, how are you gonna learn how to? How are you gonna train your dragon in a day? That's the question. Learn how to train it because he had sea smoke. Yeah, he had sea smoke. Um, and I don't know who's gonna write sea smoke yet. But uh, yeah, Damon. so I, I, I think he's what, getting all what the Pokemon. <laughs> dragons <laughs> he is and that's smart he, he's thinking the way he's thinking and i respect that but at the same time you know he was only doing what he could do he didn't have the emotional capability as renera because all he wanted to do was go over and just blow up everything and renera's like wait 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 which was really hard for her because she just had a baby who lost a baby and she was still dealing with the loss of her father so this is another thing she lost her father she lost that baby and then she lost her son that scene was insane i was like oh my god can let them help you she's like no i got this i got this i when got this midwife started crying oh i started god. crying because she they were just like we just i was like girl that was crazy uh, but that was a were, crazy scene to shoot that was a crazy scene somebody said uh they really have women writers up in that room because of all the birth scenes in this season very accurate and very sad. <laughs> but that is very truthful in how they showed it. Uh, Renera was, she felt that pain and she knew that baby wasn't wasn't yeah, okay. No, she knew. And she was she like, knew. I need you to get out of me because I need to get to work. Yeah. But that was the most painful scene I've ever seen. Well, Since her mother watch. in the first season. Right. Losing her. So that was like a weird back to circle moment of how the season even began. You know, father was alive. Her mother had a baby. Not only the baby and her mom died, you know, and then there's, that's when the dad basically proclaimed her as the heir. Now, it's going back full circle. She lost her dad. 
you know, technically she is the heir and she lost her child in a way where she had to be like, oh no, this is a choice I'm making. I have to let this baby go because I have to be alive to, to, to keep this kingdom intact. And I was just like, this is too much intensity to start off the show. But um, yeah, like I'm just knowing after her baby, her baby boy died and the way the, the episode ended with her crying and just staring at the camera like twitter blew up of saying like anything that she does like hashtag burning everything she is justified (laughs) she is justified in all that and then it reminded me of like even though season eight in my head doesn't count this is how danny felt why she uh when she burned up king's land (laughs) Yeah, we never saw we never saw we never saw that though that we never i mean granted we saw pieces of it but it didn't connect. She, oh, I can't even talk about that right now. But right, <laughs> <and> so <laughs> the choices that were made were infuriating. Um, it's, yeah, agreed. But what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I think I I thought it was an interesting choice that they chose her, her to break the fourth wall at the very end because it was mm-hmm. like, is this is this her looking at the greens like I'm coming for all your asses, or is it she's like, hey, watch out, I'm about to fuck shit up next season. Watch out for me. <laughs> Um, because I was like, because mainly because of the She-Hulk stuff that we were watching, it was like mm-hmm. she broke the fourth wall a lot, and this doesn't happen technically in 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 Game of Thrones. So it was very interesting that artistic choice. Oh, it did. Hmm. Danny did the exact same shot. It was a shot for shot, like I think callback of like where Danny also stood at the camera and ended an episode where she had her full character arc of like. I'm season gonna eight, Sally. Burn. Yeah, I think no, there's. No, no, a, I think in the last season they had her do something the similar. The way she was of like, walking with her guards and everything, how she turned, how she moved, it was very similar to those episodes of her when she was in King's Landing, preparing to basically take over the Lannisters and everything. It was very similar, um, and it's. I guess it's just a Targaryen trait where it's like that madness or that fury kicks yeah. in, and everybody's dead to them. <laughs> Also, that how, was how, how dare they give Aegon the fucking conquer crown? What the fuck has this kid conquered? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. The fact that your no. own brother is like, Smart no, I should be king. And I'm like, you know, Aemon's weird, but he would have made a better king. <laughs> Even he knows that's right. That's what's weird. But we don't talk about that. I, I did spend the week watching clips and people analyzing things like <laughs> back in the episode before this episode episode nine um when uh Rhaenys, you know popped out of the ground with her dragon should have ended it there but i understand she didn't want to be the one to start it all i understand but Rhaenys, come on um the way alicent yelled for protection of her daughter and aemon was the only one who like was like protecting his sister you know and again people were like it's incest yuck but out out of out of the siblings they see he seems like he cares about his family most and keeping them safe versus the dude who's supposed to be king and hates everyone in the family and i'm like why couldn't the story be more of aemon like, this story could have been rewritten. I know the way it's going to go, but it could have been rewritten from the inside where Eamon was like, he could have made a deal with the Blacks to overthrow everything because he didn't respect 
he didn't respect Aegon. He didn't respect people at the court because he was like, obviously, you guys are always, you know, for yourselves. But like the only people, there are good people who just, you know, we, we're just trying to do the right thing. We're giving this thing, but we're not making good disor- good, good decisions. And I was like, man, this story would have been way more interesting if Aemon, who is a very interesting and basically Damon 2.0 or dollar value Damon, could have <laughs> reached out and was like, hey, why don't we stop this together? I would have been like, this story got good. But knowing how the story is going to go, people are waiting for Damon and Aemon to have their moment. I'm going to be like... Well, he's, he's 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 also not the prince that was promised. I mean, the reason that why they put the one who doesn't want to be on the throne is because, according to Viserys, he's the he's the Aegon of the prophecy, and so no one knows that they're talking about the little kid Aegon that uh, his daughter has. Yep. So that's, that's why they're putting him up. It's like cool. Like he's like one. He's you know that he's like his actual firstborn son. But two, he told me on his dying breath that like. We need to unite the realm, and then one is going to do it is Aegon. And she's like, "Cool!" Like for this whole time, she hasn't he hasn't liked Aegon, but for him to be on his deathbed and say he's the one who's going to like you unite us, that also is leading to her. like, "No, no, he it has to be him." Like on his deathbed, he's like, "There's a prophecy that he's telling me about." So I think that's why, you know, she's very much of like, "Well, it's got to be him." Like he's the prophecy. Well, it's all, it's all coming true to him. I think there's two things. One, she thinks that. Two. She's delusional because I was like, logically, Allison, logically, after all that stuff that happened today and how he addressed and did all that, you really think he's just going to turn the tide? And he speak. First of all, you didn't understand half the n- nonsense he was saying, but you understood Aegon, but you totally forgot that. Oh, wait, Renera has a son named Aegon, too. That's why I was like, she was so selfish in her. And I mean... I am going to blame her because her dad put those thoughts. She's so focused on doing what her dad had originally set out to do was putting a boy on the throne that she's like, oh, this is a flag. This is, this is the easy sign. I'm just going to go with it. Not understanding what, what that actually means. And I think seeing her in episode nine, you know, she's trying to keep it together. But I know mentally she's falling apart because she's just like, this doesn't feel right. I'm like, uh-huh. Because you, you should have just shut your mouth and been like, good, okay, good night, babe. You know, whatever. It's basically a missent tweet. It is. Uh, yeah. Tweet text. Yeah. Sent text. And also it's like, it doesn't help that he refers to them both as like my love. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't help that like, the it doesn't help that one, everyone has the exact same name or a variation of the same name. <laughs> and two, the fact that they don't hang out enough to where, you know, she's able to kind of pick up on the differences in the way they communicate. Like she, in his last final days, didn't share a room with them. Like she was somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so in her mind, oh, he's being sweet to me like he used to be. This is a touching moment between the two of us because they don't really hang out that often. So it's definitely more of like, well, I want to do right by him. He's dying now. So like, you know, for the first time ever, I want to go back to the days of me wanting to be a good, a good, a good wife to you now that you're dying. So I'm going to, I'm going to go and follow your last wish because I feel guilty for the fact that I could have missed this. Like had I not wanted to come and check up on you, you absolutely would have died without anyone being around you in this discomfort. And also like that night prior, he was like having the hardest time getting around. So I think it was just a mixture of her feeling guilty for how things ran down and two, the similarities between everyone's name and also the fact that mm. he 
you know, he's 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 got to be vague, and the story's got a story. You know, we got to get to that to that Targaryen war. We got to get to the Starks um, wanting to uphold an oath. We got to get to at some point maybe the Kingslayer. Who knows? We got to get all those things that lead us to the Game of Thrones. All of them have to happen, and you know. They're just going to go for it. They got to make it happen. It was really interesting. And this was brought up. I was watching behind the scenes was the scene between Rhaenyra and Damon when Rhaenyra was telling Damon about the prophecy and Damon didn't know what the hell Rhaenyra was saying. And in his response, he he chokes her. And um, um, Emma, who plays uh, Rhaenyra, was saying they had a whole discussion in the scene on how to prep. And they were saying when they were acting in their characters' minds, the why Damon choke is because, um, you know, he thought he was the chosen one. He was going to do it. He was going to be the heir and everything. And that day when he named Rhaenyra the heir, it it still is affecting him. So the fact that he kind of forgot about it until that moment where she was like, oh, you didn't know? That's, yeah, that, that that's happening. Did you know? And he just was like, ugh. And he does, he, you know, basically slapped her in, in marriage sense if this was a modern day show. Um, and it was, it caught her by surprise because she was like, I thought, you know, he he always had my back, but there's still some resentment of him not being chosen. So it's like, everyone really is just mad at Renera. And again, she is just, she was just trying to live her life, y'all. And. One little thing, it's just, it made everyone so mad. And I don't understand because the way she's a mom and everything, she she's just, she thinks things out. And I'm like, it, it's, it would make more sense if everyone hated her because she's a horrible person. But I was like, y'all hate her for like one moment in time. Like, Sir Kristen Cole will never let go of that one night stand ever, ever. I have never sent. I've never, you know what? I'm not going to say never. I've seen characters, but to be reminded of characters being mad over one thing for the rest of their life, man, I cannot take wait. rejection strangely. Yeah. Like, like, you know, as we were watching the show and seeing, you know, like Otto and him and anyone who was just causing Renera stress and pain, I was like, Aria, I'm like, I'm making a list of names. And I better see these people be like taken out the way they need to be taken out, you know, or get disciplined the way they need to be disciplined because this ain't right. The first one's gonna be Otto because F Otto, you know, I'm not saying he's worse than Littlefinger, but don't like that man. That little but, scrawny dude with the feet fetish. Ugh. Oh, yeah, he's number two. I What's up like with him? that? I don't like him one little bit. I hope he, that I, man. I, I hope a dragon eats him at some point over the course of this series. Cause fuck him. You know Ugh. the writers have to do justice and have to like discipline him in such a way that's going to be satisfying. It might involve feet. I don't know, but Larry Strong got to go. He's the one causing like Allison. He got too big for his, his bridges that even Allison's like, oh, he's a menace, but I can't do nothing about it because I created that. So um, <laughs> next season, you guys, any thoughts of this is season two, knowing that I think they are hoping for four seasons. Season two. What are you hoping to see um, to be shown? Knowing, knowing the pace of season one, because, you know, they're not going to try to show too much. I just want revenge. 
That's all I want. Fuck the so black. So you're just over there. Fuck the you're greens. Fuck all the greens. I don't care. Fuck them all. Burn them. There's going to be em. t-shirts of the, like, team green, team black. Funny fact is Twitter did, you know how, okay, this is the black community, but like, Marley, you know, when someone, and when someone passes away, they do the whole t-shirt thing with their face in the clouds and like RFP. They, somebody made shirts on Twitter of, of, of the boy, the little, the little Luke. boy. Luke. Luke. Of like RP Luke Valeria. <laughs> he was a strong boy. Aww. I was like, so mean. I can't. Oh, but if he sold his shirts, I would definitely buy one. But <laughs> I was like, Twitter too much. Mm. No, I think honestly, just on your whole thing about the show, I think if they could, they probably would milk at the most two seasons out of this war. Because I feel like they are very aware of it. Once they end this war, there's not much else to talk about. So I can absolutely see them taking two to three episodes to talk about a battle or a skirmish and then leading up to like a big fight. So maybe next season they tease uh, a great big dragon fight between, you know, all the smaller to medium sized dragons versus that huge dragon that maybe we get like a, a trial run to through. But I don't think they'd wrap the war in a season. I think they are very much aware of what it is they have. And that is, you know, these dragon fights. I mean, the last episode of the season was hyped because of the dragon fight. So I think they know what they have and they know what they need to do. And that is to stretch out this war over two seasons as much as they can. Sprinkle in some Game of Thrones Easter egg fodder here and there. Just to remind folks, oh, look, there are the Starks. Oh, look, he's that baby Ned Stark. Oh, look, he's like a little kid. Like, I I think they're going to take their time to, like, really string us along with the big war, but also drop in some little, like, remember bears of, like, you remember this? This is going to happen soon. It's going to be great. Um, But otherwise, yeah, I think, yeah, we're going to tune in for more of the dragon fights. Um, It's not doing anything super new. Um, uh they're and i think they're gonna do a lot more things that are shocking like this they're gonna do a lot more foot fetish and things like that they're gonna do a lot more uh dragons getting mutilated they're gonna do a lot more shock value things just because they want to like draw in more eyes and when they draw more eyes it you know it gets them all like that episode with the foot fetish thing had so many think pieces and thought pieces and opinions (laughs) and twitter blew up about it because it was because to some folks like this doesn't seem necessary for this to actually be the way it is like he could have just been blackmailing her for something else but like this is a weird thing to go with but we get it sex sells so go for free feet pics only fans Um, and restaurants that's all so i mean we we already know that that's most likely i think we saw the side of her feet and that was her but i think for like the full like like open like wide shot that was probably a foot double uh but yeah i think we're gonna absolutely get more uh and the war is gonna cover two to three seasons and once they finish the war they're probably gonna give us one lackluster season afterwards of like of like whoever wins in power is that what you're exactly we'll get some big wrap-up thing do you think Um, they're gonna do another thing where because it's a tv show and the way the sh- the story is very vague, they're going to take liberties in changing it in a way that, again, people will be like, oh, well, that wasn't what I expected, again. 
I mean, maybe. I mean, just to make things spicy, maybe they toss in something that, you know, will connect with the Jon Snow spinoff or mm. they do the Arya yeah, Stark spinoff, yeah. maybe something like that. I think they're going to have to wrap it up in a unique way, but like it's 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 going to be wrapped up and it's going to be great. So that's the prequel. Um, Game of Thrones is, is the next thing to watch. But we also know that a lot of things that were going on in Game of Thrones probably won't connect. I mean... Yeah. It'll be fine. Like they're 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 gonna enjoy this. They'll do their. They might get to four seasons because they do two to three seasons of the war. They do a last season post war, wrapping up some small like espionage tales, fully tying up the spiders um, that are in King's Landing, fully like holding up the greens um, and the and like you know being powerful, fully wrapping them up, being like you know sent out of the uh, out of King's Landing, but also establishing their strength hold with the Tullys and everything. Uh, we'll probably see a last season just wrap up those strongholds that we've come to know from Game of Thrones. And then it just makes me angry that, you know, Jon Snow is conveniently named Aegon. That's his birth name. Because remember, this is not told in the book because George R. R. Martin hasn't writ- written that book yet, but the TV show took liberty. He's so don't forget it, that that happened. And so I will never forget, like, oh yeah, Jon Snow's so Aegon. Now I really hate that name forever. For so many reasons. There's way too many Aegons. <laughs> Let's just be real. There's too many. Too many Aegons. There's too many Aegons. There's a lot of fucking Aegons. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, next season. They will start shooting next summer. So expect oh a 2024. Next. Yeah, they're starting filming. And then you know there's going to be hella months of uh, visual effects and stuff. So yeah, probably expect another fall 2024 premiere. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll continue that show. Um, but now I'm going to jump to this is some part news for me, you guys. Um, Henry Cavill, as we know, is one of our favorite celebrity geeks on this podcast. And, you know, he, he, he is show The Witcher on Netflix. One, honestly, one of the best Netflix original shows they've had in years. And because he plays the witch is so perfectly like that role was meant for him. He had he had committed to being on seven seasons. I think that's what they were planning. But a few days ago, uh, Henry made a Instagram post saying he is stepping down after season three, um, to you know pursue other things, and that Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson, <laughs> Liam Neeson <laughs> that's a twist. <laughs> Sorry, Amy. Liam Hemsworth. Like, well, I mean, I can see it. Well, I first I don't think I'd so. rather take Liam Neeson, but no, it's Liam Hemsworth, the other Hemsworth brother, yes, who will step Gale. up in his show, in his Gale. Yeah, Gale, in his shoes to take over for season four and beyond. Um, yeah, and then when that news dropped, can I just tell you, internet crashed that day. Uh, Many fans were all over the place saying, why? Uh, why is Henry Levy? Is it because of Superman? Because as you know, um, it was also known a week ago, so he will be back uh, playing Superman um, in cameos and in various future DC projects, thanks to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So that leads me to believe there probably is going to be a Black Adam Superman fight. Cool, I'm hyped for that. But... Looking deep into it, there's actually a thing of how the writers in The Witcher were 
taken the story in a way that was not as dedicated to the books as they originally had said. What actually made Henry jump on and stay on was because of that. But they decided to, I guess, I don't know, his preview to future writings that it wasn't going to go that way. And so Henry was just like, all right, y'all, I'm out. And that is why we lost Henry. Um, any thoughts on that? Are you guys feeling anything about this? Or are you just going to be like, eh, I'm cool? I mean, we got great seasons out of them. Season three is going to be the last one. So, you know, it's going to be entertaining. I think we also talked about the fact that the show is really moving um, a lot of the story in different directions from what like the books are, what the games are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very much trying to make it a much longer show. And you can kind of see that they're trying not to, they're like hinting at some of the plot that's been established, but they're also trying to add their own plot as a way to make it longer. Um, and maybe as a way to bring in more people who might not know the source material. Uh, and I think Henry has been very clear in the beginning, like, yo, like I'm down for this ride as long as we continue to follow, you know, the books and the movie, like I'm down for that ride. Uh, and I think recently there was, um, I forget what, if it was someone on the writing team, but someone had already left already uh, and had already like commented on the fact that, okay, it was um, a writer, Bo DeMaio. uh, He left the show and he explained he left the show because he thought that the writers on the show um, didn't have any respect for the games or the novels and quoted a saying is like, some of them were not fans or actively disliked the books and comics and even actively mocked the source material. So there was already this kind of uh, behind the scenes um, tension regarding the show's trajectory. And it just makes sense for him. Like, you know, listen, I'm down to be a part of this as long as y'all are going to respect where it's coming from, because I'm a huge nerd and I want to be a part of projects that allow me to like really get into this role. Um, And it makes sense to be like, you know what? I've decided to move away because, Hey, you're not giving me the opportunity to, do this adaptation like how it should be done, how fans want it to be done. I don't want to be attached to it. So I get him wanting to do that. And also this is a win for uh, the rock in DC, you know, the rock did an amazing job that, you know, like Warner brothers couldn't get Henry, couldn't get Henry to come back at all. Like they had tried to get him to come back for forever. And it took the rock to get him back and spoiler alert and a post credit scene on in the Black Adams film, which is going to lead into Man of Steel 2, which is currently being worked on. And they're going to do a long form storyline. They're not going to do like an immediate Man of Steel 2 versus Black Adam. They plan to take a much longer route to that storyline. And it sounds like Henry is more on board with that. He's more on board with like the slow storytelling, the purposeful storytelling, and I think The Rock was able to deliver all his promise of it's a new era for DC. And that means a lot for Henry to be a part of a process that's going to be uh, not as fast and quick paced and honestly more worthwhile. And also he's going to be a part of a second franchise, not just DC, but he's going to be playing uh, the man who James Bond was based off of in its own franchise. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing a guy by the name of Ian Fleming. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the creator of James Bond, and they're going to make James Bond-like films with him playing Ian Fleming 
and this Bond world. So in a way, he is the new James Bond, but he's just going to be playing the guy that James Bond was based on in its own franchise. So he's going to be part of two franchises that, for the most part, are individuals who are, I'm guessing, made some assurances to sticking to a much slower storyline. And I mean, if you're doing a story about Ian Fleming, there are books you had to have to follow, and it makes sense. There's also films that are based off of it, so that's fine. They're going to stick with that and be creative, but also stick to the source material. I think overall, Henry made a great made a great move, and it's uh, Netflix is a loss. You know, I hope that Gail does well, <laughs> but again, Gale, I'm right? not sure. <laughs> this is exactly what's I'm not sure. I mean, hey, I, I'm not sure how they're going to insert Hunger Games into this. Uh, and make it work, you know. I, I I'm just not really sure how it's gonna work. Is it, is it gonna involve magic? Is it gonna involve an alternate universe? Because they uh, don't look alike mm-hmm. at all. Um, you know, they just don't. And I also want to say that Liam Hensworth is like I think six three, and Henry Cavill six one. I think the difference being is that Henry Cavill is taller, is is is, is wider. Henry Cavill is tall and wide. Like the man has a chest to torso ratio that like expands bird. outward. Whereas Liam is going to need to, I mean, he has a while, but he's going to need to bulk up in a way that I haven't seen his body do. I mean, we've all seen Henry Cavill take off his shirt as, uh, Multiple times. as the Witcher and his body is huge. Yeah. So I'm not sure what they're going to do. I mean, they're going to put him on the Marvel Plus diet because he's going to need to gain so much mass so quickly <laughs> and like do a full body transformation to look like Henry Cavill. And I, again, it's a show about magic. So maybe he gets put into some kind of witch cocoon. Uh, and Doctor Who situation? Uh, I was going to say, maybe, that's another thing I want to talk about with that. But yeah. It could uh, be that. But also, it's important to know that in the Witcher game, in the books, he often loses his memory. Like, he loses his memory a bunch of times. He changes his body? He often wakes up confused. So I can absolutely see them doing a thing where they tweak the source material. And like, oh, what if he, Doctor Who, like, he gets, like, destroyed by some magic. He, like, wakes up. He's confused. Who am I? What happened to me? Oh, I look so different. It must be magic. And then he just goes from there. Look, look, look. Whatever is going to happen, season three will still have Henry Cavill. Great. To me, and I know there's fans out there because it's written on Twitter. Season three is the last season, honestly. that That is what I'm thinking. And That's fair. People have literally been petitioning Netflix to actually cancel the Netflix. I've, or The Witcher. I have never seen people who understood like they stand by the actor because they know the actor made the show what it is and netflix knowing that we want to continue that we're going to just change the actor you guys but it'll still be great the fans rather have henry or no show at all and the the amount of support is amazing like i i mean if they if if they do end up canceling it hey that's great we have the memories we can rewatch seasons one through three but they continue, then okay. But Netflix, we're just letting you know, regardless of what happens, it's it's we just know it's not going to be as good. Liam can do anything, cool. It's still not going to be as good. And and to me, it was right. like even people who haven't even read the books or even played the game as intensely, like Henry brought in a sense of just 
he he knew he knew what the fuck he was doing and it, it fit he he really is the center of the show mm. and to have someone place that like it's like it's like memory shoes like once you put your foot in those shoes it knows exactly how your foot fits somebody else tries to put those shoes on it don't fit i wonder why and that's the feeling i get for the witcher being continued and i think i don't know i i don't know if this will be a battle of netflix still being the corporation capitalistic group that they are or will the fans win and they will cancel the show either way you know i'm just gonna wait and see because if they cancel i'll be like well that's that i'm not mad a wildcat Huh? They got a while, you know. They I have mean, a while. They have all of season three to figure it out if they're gonna go forward with it or not, or if they're gonna be like, "Yo, Henry, what if we do this differently?" Like, they got a while to figure out if they want to pivot. Because I do agree with you. I do think that the fans are diehard enough to be like, "We're not watching. We're not this. watching it." And uh, it's gonna be canceled. Could, I mean, and also like again, yeah. we've seen how people behave when they. Uh, besmirch a beloved property like they dogged uh the uh they they dogged (laughs) sonic eventually became good they dogged cowboy bebop till it got canceled they were like they were like forget this show we hate it and they didn't get a season two at all i can i can absolutely see them starting season four and people going real hard in the paint for how bad it is and netflix like we were gonna redesign the show or be like you know what we're just gonna chalk it up and not do it again or like hey next season it's going to be all about siri and we're just going to make her the main character Why not? and we're going to do it like anola holmes we're great the girl's out there somewhere doing his own thing but we're going to follow siri as she learns how to be uh, a witcher on her own adventures you know and which honestly i'd be here for more why can't season go, like, four be that why can't season four have none and it's just siri because honestly that does kind of continue what the story is and even if it's not that makes sense in the universe where you still have characters that have stories that need to be told i don't think you should mm-hmm. change one thing because oh we have to have them there we we have so many spin-offs we still have blood origins coming out in december um, oh, and yeah. there's there's we all know there's going to be more spin-offs and it's like you guys are going to have to rely on your spin-offs or you're going to have to rely on the other characters that are already established in the show to continue, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, I mean, to hear that there's going to be a new Witcher game created, that's amazing. But I wonder if that affects, like, how they're seeing who likes what characters or what works on the show to even uh, work on the game. But I mean, we'll see, we shall you know? see, I mean, I think- because the power of fans, you guys, I need all those people who said crap about Rings of Power and stuff, I need y'all to get on those discussion boards, and I need y'all to actually say the exact same things about Rings of Power, just say it for uh, Witcher Season 4, it's not even out yet, <laughs> just go ahead and start saying that, this is exactly the energy y'all had before Rings of Power came out, I'll never forget that, uh, this is actually an emergency, we actually need those people on those discussion boards and show their support ass fans together, <laughs> Cat's uh, calling I mean, for trolls, <laughs> just just so we know. Redirecting talents to a problem that needs to be covered. Their talents, <laughs> talents, can be used in good. I mean, everyone can power to be used for good. I'm just saying, this is a time uh, where Kat, when you we can summon unite. evil, you gotta you gotta take both ends of hey, it. Hey, <laughs> we've seen stories where the good person has to friend the enemy because the enemy of my enemy is your enemy. 
and we can we can close this book together. Then we can go back to Haiti on you know the way Galadriel rode a horse or swim just, across the just sea. Watch what you wish for. It's all I. But think. hey, season I mean, four, we'll we'll here. we will keep for. you guys posted. Years in advance. Um, <laughs> season three does come out next summer on Netflix, so hooray for that. Mm-hmm. Season four to be the TBD, but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, hey, we'll see. I mean, they have time to do a lot of things. I mean, the next Witcher game is going to be a whole new saga. Like, because I'm not sure you've seen like, the image. It's the image of the school of the Lynx, which has the least um, information on the Witcher wiki. Ooh. There are uh, like there are like I think what four like, a few. There's the school of the wolf, yeah. the manticore, the bear, griffin, crane, and viper. But school of the lynx has no wiki link. You know, it's I think at the most it's a fan fiction, Uh-oh. and it's like people like like there's been like hints at it, but no one really has enough. So they absolutely could do something new because this new saga is going to be about a brand new character that we don't know about. See? A lot of people are hoping that it's going to be very. Um, there's going to be create your own Witcher where you just like design your character and they're a Witcher and they get dropped to <gasps> the world. We don't know. Because again, we've been following Gerald's, uh, sorry, Gerald's whole That's story for three games now. And people are like, are we going to get a whole new thing? You know, because Siri, you know, isn't from a school. Um, they keep, you know, they, they think that she's a part of the links, but she's technically she not. She's not. You know, and we'll see what happens. Some people are theorizing that maybe she starts to school the links and it's yes. like in the future and she's like, you know, the uh, leader of this school. We don't know. There are a bunch of things they can do for season four. They could do a time jump. They could do an alternate universe. We'll see what works best this postseason, especially considering it's like the last season with a character that's beloved. And I'm sure people are going to make a lot of noise about it. I'm sure they're going to ask the cast and crew every question every tour like are you coming back to season four what do you think about henry leaving and i'm sure it's going to be some hurt feelings Ugh. i would be surprised to see more writers start leaving maybe and going somewhere else after this one writer already kind of left so time will tell what happens but yeah i'll be tuning in for this last season to see henry cavill deliver uh, his w- one-of-a-kind hot nerdiness <laughs> this is not what we asked for this was not on my bingo card of 2022 um, but speaking of Henry and you know him joining DC again, we also have more DC news. Um, James Gunn has been appointed as the new um, head of DC Studios oh. over at DC. Um, this is good and bad. Well, not really bad. It's more good because this fits with that dude. I'm not going to say his name. CEO's plan about. Re, you know, re uh, restarting the DCU over there. Cool, whatever. I didn't know when or how he was going to do it, but I think James Gunn is a great contender because he he's the only one of the person who understands how Kevin, how Kevin Feige works as far as his structure and his uh, forecasting and planning things. So that's really good. They're friends, so like they could call each other and do advice. Cool. Also, crossover? no I'm kidding. Probably not I mean, people were hitting on that. <laughs> They're like, if this happen. goes well, can we in the future see a crossover? Who mm. knows? They're that good friends, Amy. It could pause the possibility of happening has just increased. Like it could happen. Also, James Gunn's one of the only people who actually had a to me the Suicide Squad movie. I know it's like not a lot of people's 
favorite DC movie uh, movie to kind of look at and reference, which I think is crazy because it's like it was actually a solid good DC a DC movie. But you know, people like to talk about mm. Snyder Cut and stuff. Hey, props to them. Um, I feel like James Gunn has a great oversight in things, and I'm actually looking forward to what he's going to put together because he already has some things scheduled. Or there's some things already scheduled that's coming out next year, like Shazam 2, Fear of the Gods, The Flash, Blue Beetle, and the Aquaman, Aquaman 2 movie. Um, but other possible projects could be Wonder Woman 3, the second Black Adam movie, and, you know, Man of Steel 2. Um, but hey, you know that Joker movie that Joaquin Phoenix is coming back for? That is not in his DCU plan. So it will, again, be separate. It won't be connected to any of his movies that he's foreseen. So that won't be tied to that. And that's, to me, a very good thing. Because I was like, I still haven't seen that Joker movie. But hey, I'm glad it's still continue not being tied to what James Gunn is trying to create. Because what the hell? I mean, they needed it, you know? I think him and Peter Safran, I think they're like co-leads and co-chairs and co-CEOs. So I think, you know... A lot of folks are hoping he'd be like the like you know Kevin Feige solo dolo, but I think Disney, uh, I think DC is like looking to kind of like bring multiple participants together. Mm-hmm. You know, he brings the directing side, and Peter Safran brings like the producing side um, together for their you know lead film, TV, and animation studio. I think their animation division is fine where it's at for DC. Their animation is always high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see what you know what he can bring. He's bringing his like indie world. He's bringing his um, dark humor, unorthodox um, take on things and reviving them. Right. He revitalized the Suicide Squad in a huge way that caused not only a great, a great film, a great sequel that no one considers to be a sequel, but he also caused a successful spinoff from the, I guess we can call it the original sequel. Of the Suicide Squad, the people are more <laughs> likely familiar with than the OG Suicide Squad because that the makes it very different. Um, yeah, I think yes. like they're they're looking for someone who's gonna consistently bring a win, and he's been consistently bringing a win to Marvel and Disney, and he brought a win over to to to, to DC. I mean, he I think he was fired from Volume Three of Galaxies of, of Guardians of Galaxy. DC picked him up. And and Marvel was like, well, maybe we made a poor decision. Let's bring him back to direct the final, the final volume of Guardians of the Galaxy. We maybe may have have jumped the gun, and we need him back here. So yeah, he's like tying up any loose ends. And I think as far as him being a big nerd, he knows who to bring in. He knows he he knows he can bring in Taika. He knows he can bring in um, Michelle. He can bring in whoever he needs to make DC do well. And Hopefully he'll also be able to call people out on the on the bullshit. Hopefully he'll be there to be like, hey, listen, if we're doing this Ezra Miller thing, like we really need to do it correctly or not <gasps> at all. Can we make fun of it, because- please, James? Please, I need you to I need you to shade, shade the hell out of whoever who is not doing their job and locking that person up, and I need you to reference no. that. But I'll wait and we'll see. We'll see what he says. I'll wait But yeah, see. I agree. I think I'm hoping to see what happens with him coming in there and shaking things up again. But hey, it's a win for for all the billionaires attached <laughs> to both of these individual things, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he, I guess on paper, he does bring in a lot of money, which is what they care for. But 
he is also someone who cares enough for the material to make a good movie. So it's like I said, it's a good win, but it's still like, eh, that means, you know, the people that we don't really care about is getting what they want too. But hey, I'm going to look at this as a positive thing. You know, I... I respect DC a lot, and that's because their animation is the only thing that keeps me watching, because even their comics are very all over the place for me lately. But I I am very happy to hear that that is a good person to add to the team, and mm-hmm. I trust his vision to, hey, maybe they will revive. It, it took them like 20 years, but hey, this is what they need to to have a different type of superhero movie. Because it's like, we're so used to Marvel, which is okay. But I do want, I am interested to see a James Gunn uh, led DCU and what that looks like. And then I'll, I'm going to be seven years old again. Because it's like, oh, I can watch, mm. I can watch Justice League. I can watch the Avengers or I can have, you know, Green Lantern. And I can have like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And Hearing how Henry is back from Man of Steel 2 and stuff, like, like I said, I, well, I never said anything, but, like, Superman was never, like, one of my favorite characters, but I really liked Henry Superman, and to know that he has a lot in store and James Gunn is, is leading it, oh, yeah. This, this might be a very, very good thing, and I just can't wait to sit back and watch. Mm, true. Um... Marlon, do you want to go on about... Marlon has some great insight on this episode that I just can't believe actually happened. I, I just want to hear more about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is the final season of Atlanta, and they are doing an amazing job. Um, thus far with, I think, two particular episodes. Uh, there was the episode called Work Ethic, uh, which is about Tyler Perry movies. Uh, and just um, the entire show takes place with Van and her daughter um, cast to be extras on a Tyler Perry movie um, about um, dark-skinned women the boondocks, uh, having... Sh- this it, it feels very much like the Boondocks. Yes. Like it's it's very much like it's like these like dark skinned women who are like like she band plays like the ratchet friend and like the cheetah print pants talking about oh girl you should leave your man. There's an evil dark skinned bald man who's the bad husband, uh, and her daughter makes the mistake of like m- like talking, and apparently this is like this is like idea that like Tyler Perry is like always watching all the films on his large set. And so they took it to like the nth degree and Tyler Perry is like on an intercom, like stop. Who is that child? (laughs) Give her a script. She's in this film now. And like, everyone just like, is like going off of it. And he has, and like this girl is being taken to like eight different films without Lottie being told about it. Lottie's like running around. It's like a horror movie. Like, where's my daughter? Oh, she, she's on the set. And it's like her, this woman who's like smoking crack. And it's like, mama, why are you smoking crack? She's like, what is going on? And why is this a film? And everyone says like, Hey, he's like employing like so many black people. And she's like, these films are terrible. Like they're like stared at. They're like, "Hey, listen, I'm rooting for everybody black." And she's like, "Even OJ, even OJ." And the film ends with like 
with like Donald Glover in Tyler Perry like costume, just like he's like in like this like this like little outfit. Oh my god! like a he, he he's like he's like hello there. I am and like he has a different name, but it's like this is clearly Tyler Perry. Uh, and at a certain point, like she like throws hot grits on him. And he goes, oh. I'm immune to hot grits. <laughs> and, it's just, and, it's just, and at some point, he like shows that he's been watching her and he like compiles from all these scenes of her being on the Tyler Perry lot every Tyler Perry film. Like, here's this, here's a scene of you like coming in and like checking in to you and your daughter, your single daughter, and like sh- she forgot to bring her snacks. So look at that. You, you, you can't even feed your daughter. You're in here. And like some light-skinned man who happens to be like the handyman on set who's like a, um, he just got out of prison, but he's like a reformed like Christian. He's like, he's like hey girl, listen, like I want to help you. You know, I'm going to go over there. He looks like a uh, homeboy from the first time people with like little braids and like his overalls run done. There's like a white tee and like Christ tattoos. Oh, listen, and, and like at somebody goes like, and your daughter's uh, husband, is he a dark skinned black man? Oh, Did he leave you? And it's like, oh, this episode is getting too, it's getting too real. I would have been It's great tears. though. I love every minute of it. This episode is called The Goof Who Sat By The Door. And it is about an in-depth documentary of the American classic, a goofy movie. Uh, and it's basically about like, they have titled it like the blackest Disney film. True. And if you watch it, you would really have to like, keep like tapping the screen. Like, oh, this is an Atlanta episode. Because like, this is like shot for shot a doc. They even got I don't know if you know who Jenna Wortham is, but she is this black woman who is like a journalist for the New York Times magazine. Mm. And like there's a podcast called Still Processing. And she talks about black art, black TV shows, a black creative. She is on this episode talking about it like it actually happened. Like, yeah, like this guy, Tom Washington, came in and truly revitalized Disney films and brought to us one of the greatest black cinematic revolutions uh, of the time period. Like, they, they talked about, like, the Rodney King riots. Like, this film was caused because of those riots. And, and, they, just, and they just keep going. And it's like, it's like a guy named Tom Washington who was like, yeah, like, Goofy's based on me and my son Max Washington. We like going fishing together. And at some point, he was like, "Y'all know Goofy's a black person, right? Like I Goofy's can black." Say that though, I and can say that. They, and it gets it gets wild. Like at a certain point, they like have like again, none of this is real, but it just sounds so real. They had like the quote unquote original um, creator of Goofy, and he's like, and like had him quote being like, "Yes, Goofy is supposed to be a Neanderthal, unintelligent, and his unintelligence brings us." happiness in this very um very docile way of, of living you know it's uh he's he's like a lost black child uh and then, <laughs> and it's like none of this is real but it's like this is getting way too close to being real uh and so apparently this guy tom washington like he's a illustrator and the way they show right that is that he gets to be ceo of this uh department because the all white board was voting for the new ceo and there was another, there were two Tom Washingtons, oh, no. but the white Tom goes by Thomas Washington and they all put down Tom Washington. And so like, well, we can't not give him the job. We already said he has it. And we shook his hand. Again, this is, this is a mockumentary. So this man is like, cool, I'm going to come in here. And they do this thing where they, they go, they go in depth. They have these like fake old school, like videos of him getting married, these fake, like 
Polaroids of him like standing on a desk doing like the NWA pose in front of a room full of white people. Like, yeah, I'm the CEO. Uh, and he hires all these black people. And it's like, this is, and at some point he's like, he like tells people, listen, why is it that? And like, he, he like plays a video and it's like Mickey and Goofy and Pluto. And he stops the video. And he stops the video and says, listen, why is it that Goofy's a dog and Pluto's a dog? And Mickey is putting Pluto on a leash. Why is Goofy let that happen to one of his own people? Tell me that. Why is this happening? And as someone, he was like, listen, Mickey Mouse is not going in my film. I don't want that white boy in my film. <laughs> and, and this white illustrator is like, it's a mouse. I, no, I don't understand where he was coming no, from. No, I feel that. It was and like, and they go in depth of like him, like bringing like black kids to like dance and like, listen, I want y'all to get these dance moves right. I want you to look at their knees. I want you to make those black dances translate to this film. And they, and they dissect the goofy movie shot for shot of like when Max dunks the ball in the first uh, auditorium scene, it's a commentary on black exceptionalism. Because why is that no one's applauding him until after he dunks the basketball? Oh Think about it. This is <laughs> at a certain point he's like advocating to like have like police brutality in the movie and people are like you can't you you can't have Goofy get arrested at a at a at a, at a routine traffic stop or get shot at a routine traffic that stop part. and like like Brian McKnight and Sinbad make an appearance like yeah like he invited us into his office just to party like all the black Hollywood was there to party about this black film that was going to come out and we were all just really excited about it oh my and we were just so happy to be a part of this film franchise and at some point he just disappears and like and no one knows what happened to him and uh, they all they find is his car um at the bottom of this lake that was based off of the lake from the Goofy movie. <gasps> and they find his like shoes and his gloves. And it's literally like fat, goofy clown shoes and like a full like glove mitt. Mind you, this man looks normal, but they just find like a, a size 18 Stop. fat toed shoe submerged in water and like wet, thick gloves. And <laughs> And from beginning to end, it's just, it's so random. And everyone plays it so serious, like so into this role. Like even like the, um, one of the board members, like, listen, we tried to pay him $67 million to have him step down and he refused to do it. So we had to do this film. Uh, And they throw in so many like metaphors about the film that we don't see happening a guy's like listen like they after he disappeared they changed the whole movie um he was supposed to go to like uh a thrift store and find huey newton's throne um that he got that picture taken in and max was supposed to sit in that throne and understand all the years of oppression and why goofy was trying to get him to get on the straight and narrow but they changed it to a concert and it's like what black man is not going to get shot running onto a stage at a concert you tell me that tell me that <laughs> and the movie ends with just legit clips like just like stills of the goofy movie playing and like uh eye to eye playing in the background this is like donald glover hiroshi <laughs> like, it feels like a real documentary and at first i'm like how can they legally do this i'm like all oh, right disney owns hulu so they can absolutely get away with doing a commentary about this fake documentary about Goofy. And y'all, from start to finish, Mm-mm. it was it was a fun ride. It was a fun ride. I have to say, you, you got to check it out. I have 
haven't seen the episode yet, but I'm gonna do a round of applause. I am floored. I cannot wait to like watch that. Not gonna lie, I I remember in college of having drunken nights and having a conversation like that. I remember saying, you know, Goofy is a black man. He's a single black man who has a son that he's trying to raise and he's trying to raise him right mm-hmm. so that he's safe in the world. But he doesn't want to, he doesn't want him to forget where he came from because in my head, Max was either biracial or he was just trying to do what the other kids were doing. Those were my theories. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I remember having those drunken nights and saying like, that's the reason why Goofy was freaking out about spending time with him. Cause he's afraid of not only, you know, he lost his wife, which was the love of his life. But, like, Max mm-hmm. is that tied to her and to his culture. And he's like, I just want to have a good black, a young, good black man in the world. And it's very hard to yeah. do that when I have to do a bunch of things. And so all I can oh, do is, sings. you know, look to the positive oh side God. and whatever. So to hear that Donald oh, Glover, so also a mind, had a whole episode that took it to beyond what I could even imagine. Yeah. It gets like at a certain point they comment on the map that Goofy has, and it's like this what? map is supposed to be a metaphor of the Green Book, Shut where you up. have to travel safely through the South, <laughs> and it's just Goofy taking maps to the, to the South. And I'm like, y'all need to stop. That's, y'all that's need to shut the much. hell up. That's you said brilliant. the map was based on the Green Book, and they even used a meme as they they used a meme in this thing to be like real life like so like he drew it do you remember the meme where max is in like a, a messy house with rocks yes. and he was like damn bitch you live yes. like this they took that and they put it in this documentary Shut of like no. if you look at this scene here that was drawn by thomas washington it really like makes us think do we live like no. this in this world <laughs> they made Stop. it an actual thing of like yeah we this this is real this this is real <laughs> They really went there. Wow. Donald Glover was like, oh, so Disney good. owns Hulu? Oh, I know exactly what to do. He went to we work. We go for this. What the hell? And I feel like we're, <laughs> we're never going to not see the Goofy movie the same way ever again. Like, we already not knew it was a black movie. But the fact that they took time out of their final season, like, we're going to talk about, like, we, di- we didn't see Van. We didn't see uh, Paperboy. It literally was from start to finish a documentary. We saw no other Atlanta characters in this film. It was just a documentary from back to front. And I was like, y'all really were like, we have a one more season. We're just going to have fun with this. We truly, we truly don't care. Yeah, because everybody else is, they have other career, like other projects, big, big projects to get to. So it's like, it's not going to affect them. Yeah, let's have fun. But oh my goodness, like, did they mention the sequel and Extremely Goof? Or yeah, the... No, I think if they, they they didn't mention it, but I do, they did not mention it. But I think if they were, they'd probably still hold fast of like, yeah, like once he left, white people took a hold of Goofy and his movement and changed it. They watered it down a bit. You know, they they made it more palpable for the white audience. Yes you know, and they included no. The, because when know, Goofy oh, no. went to that college, he was blasting all the good music. Do you do you remember Extreme Goofy movie when he was trying to get with that fine librarian and all it was playing was like, Mm, all the mm. black music. That was another soundtrack that was approachable then. But he was more of an approachable Goofy That's then. You know? He was a Goofy that was less threatening. You're right. And then Max was in the, <laughs> the X games. And I was like, oh. Which is, which is you know, X what? You know? X what? <laughs> X, X militant? X is that what we're doing? X. <laughs> you got to watch it. Like, it, it goes in. They, 
tie in so many political things to this movie that don't make sense. But in the context of them holding fast to this, to this like role, it makes you think it's real. And like, again, like, like I said, there are people online who are still like, literally, I think Google is getting so many questions about like, Hey, who made the Google? (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) What happened? Like, I think at some point, who was it? There was some, was it a politician? Uh, oh, yeah, there was, like, there was this, like, really fun, like, like CNN writer who was like, I love that Atlanta is shining a spotlight on the legendary Thomas Washington and the context of the behind-the-scene history-making film, A Goofy Movie. I'd always wonder why I was so connected to this film. It's crazy that, that the media isn't covering this story. Are you serious? And it's like, y'all did that good. Y'all did too good. You did too good to where people were like, oh, wow, I never knew the true history of a Goofy movie. Why doesn't the media cover this? Don't go over, you need to stop. You're, <laughs> people are believing your truth. Confusing everybody. Believing your fantasies. <laughs> I think it's real. Oh, my right gosh. You were, and y'all too, after this, turn it on and I, tell I'm me at times you were not. He's like, wait, wait, wait. This is a comedy show. This is... <laughs> Y'all are getting way too many public eyewitnesses accounts. And again, they took, like, think about every documentary scene that has, like, the, like, the behind-the-scenes camera footage, all, like, the old-timey photos. Mm. They went into insane details wow. to get, like, a wedding scene with, like, an old camera, like, footage style, like, to get, like, old-style photos <laughs> of, like, a child being born, of their first home. Like, they went super deep into making this feel like a real like oh this was shot in like 1995 like this is all old timey stuff and it's just it's so good and i'm gonna miss atlanta after they wrap because this uh last season has just been hilarious maybe maybe donald glover because like as you know like especially with him and jordan peele like jordan peele has you know not only is making movies but he's doing like little spinoff shows like Similar to how Guillermo del Toro has his cabinet, his cabinet show, like Jordan mm. Peele does. He doesn't do like miniseries, but he'll like do like his new movie with the little girl. He just does like random presented movies. Maybe Donald mm-hmm. Glover can go down that route where he has his own kind of like Twilight show, Twilight Zone show, and he can mm. do stuff like that. And it can be titled whatever you want, but it can be like Donald Glover's whatever, <laughs> and he can continue because I think for me. That's like the whatever season that he had with um oh, who was it? it was, he had another episode that was like a documentary style and it wasn't focused on anything. Um I want to say it was with the black guy who who thought he was white or something. Oh yeah yeah. That was good. Like he can he can continue to make that and he with mm-hmm. he like he can do that forever because his references and his material is literally the social media and it's news. So he can continue to just basically do almost like a key and peel, but more in a narrative format. I would like mm-hmm. to see that from him since now I don't know. So does anyone know what he has in store since Atlanta is over? Like he has two more episodes left of the season. And I think he said in a recent post or something that he's going to, get back into his music again. What? Charles Gambino's coming so I think back? He, I think he's potentially going to get lean back into his music a cool. bit more. I mean, yes, um, but... Are there any... He has, like, an upcoming Mr. and Mrs. Smith 
uh, TV oh, yeah, series right. He's so writing far. writing that with the girl from Fleabag. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's in pre-production. That's right. Um, we have three episodes thus far. That's the only thing um, after it looks after like... that I see for him is that. Yeah. So no more acting it's just that stuff. So far. So he's definitely not going back to the community movie. I guess. Okay. That's also a thing. I mean, I think he'd be down in a small capacity, but because I think they they want as many people as possible to return for that, and I think they'd be willing to move things around. And he's also shown that he's been interested in wanting to Jeez. do it again. Like Homeboy was like laid up in his bed doing that community Zoom call. Like, yeah, I wanted to do this. Like, I will make time for it right now. Oh. Well, wow. Okay, y'all check out Atlanta again. FFFX, but if you're a streaming kid like me, check it out on Hulu. Um, that sounds amazing. We still, you said you have three more episodes before the season. Two. Two more episodes Just before two. This, the show is over, you guys. And, you know, mm-hmm. Atlanta has been on for a minute. It's been on since like 2017, I think. Uh, I think you're right. It's been on, it's been on for a uh, long time. Yeah, first episode. It's been since 2016. 2016. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, there was a very long hiatus in between, but it's been been a a minute, and wow, this show ending, it just feels weird, because it just felt like one of those shows that just continue to come on. But, um, looking forward to seeing that, the way it ends, but also looking forward to seeing, you know, what everyone else is up to. Everyone is having... It's so tied to like really great projects as we know with you know Lakeith and Brian and Zazie. Like they're all doing things. But I was just oh, wondering absolutely. about what is Donald gonna be doing? Because this is a show and he's it's weird. It's like he's known for doing things, but then he quietly does things. You know, he's not oh, I'm in this or I'm in that. You know, you don't really see that. But yeah. I'm hoping I mean, I'm boy. hoping to see a mini series out of him, Twilight Zone style. Because I think Ooh, that's we'll where see. his talent really shows is when he kind of just goes beyond the bizarre. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Brian Tyree Henry is looking like he's going to be booked. Yeah, he is. He's got the Spider-Man Across the Universe thing coming out. <laughs> he's got the Sinkling Spring, the Magician's Elephant, Godzilla vs. Kong 2, Flint Strong, Lakeith has the Changeling, Haunted Mansion, Notes from a Young Black Chef, Book of Clarence, and Zazie has full circle. She's also going to be in the Joker film, Joker Folie à Deux, oh, so and also back. a film called Shelter. Dang, see? Yeah, so they're both booked. They both got projects out yeah. in the streets. So, wow. Well, I'm sure we'll probably do a little think piece on when Atlanta, how this finale is going to be. Don't know, but definitely check it out, you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else before we wrap things up? I know we've been having such a good time yeah no i think that's all i got i'll talk to y'all after you watch all eight episodes of Guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities netflix i think is doing a great job with these anthologies yes. if they could do anything more i think it would be more anthologies yes. i think it showcases so much talent and such a bite-sized way that leaves you wanting more. And I think the Cabinet of Curiosities was just that. Like they did an amazing job of like adapting some stories that Guillermo had wrote. Um, I think they adapted two HP Lovecraft stories yeah. and like made it interesting. Their cast list is insane. Different directors um, for different episodes. 
I saw that yeah, too. And, and it shows. Like, I think like they, were, they also balance, I think, honestly, the uh, differences of horror. Mm-hmm. You know, horror itself can be thrilling. It can be gory. Uh, it can leave you questioning things. And they just did that. They were Nothing felt like it was a repeat. Um, everything felt unique in the way they approached the story. Um, they even had some stories that had more or less kind of at, uh, good endings or just like, hey, that sucked. But like you learned something from it. And they also had like, hey, you fucked up. And you found out, yes. and now you're dead. Yes. Uh, so here we are. That's, that's, that's the consequence like, of your actions. We're wrapped. It's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. It's also got our boy Andrew Lincoln in it. Yes. And um, and also everyone's favorite black elf, Ismael Cruz Cordova. <laughs> What's his name? Um, yeah, and Rupert Grant. They got yeah, Ron yeah, Weasley in it, too. In, yeah. And then everyone's creepy favorite white man, Crispin Glover. Whenever I see him in anything, I know he's a villain. I'm like, you can't play a kind person because your face betrays you. I saw him a beat. He played a creepy guy in the Charlie's Angel film. And that's cool. But like... but I feel like whenever you see him, it's just like his face is so angular villain, and it's right? just pointed and he, it just it's just villain. It's just, it just serves you a villain face of like, I'm going to hurt you. True. Like what I'm doing is wrong and I'm going to smile while I do it. And he delivers sinister in an amazing. I mean, I feel like he was great. And I always forget that he was in Back to the Future where he wasn't menacing. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like after that, it was just like, you're just a menacing character. You can't not see as like an evil dude, an evil white man who's doing evil white man things. <laughs> can't, I can't, I can't not see it. I can't not see it. I'm sorry. But yeah, anthology is great. Um, it's unnerving, but yeah. it's unnerving in a way that I love. And I love that Guillermo del Toro before every like short is just like, does his, um, it's very similar to the Twilight Zone of like tonight's story is going to be about anticipation and the ways in which it can alter or affect our view of the world. Tonight's director is so and so. Let's begin. Yeah, and he just walks off camera. It's perfect. And like an Alfred Hitchcock of very like Alfred I'm Hitchcock, done. Yeah, it, it it combines two of my loves of Twilight Zone and the Alfred Hitchcock presents when I was little and it came out like on Nick and Night and stuff. And that's um, those openings. I don't know. It it feels so familiar and feels so old school. It makes me like that mm. part. I really enjoy. I'm like, oh, this reminds me of when I was younger. And when the movie starts, like you're just pulled into the story immediately, and then you're mm-hmm. just you're there. You're in the story. You're you're with the characters because even the stories that don't have a lot of recognizable actors, like they just I don't know these actors. It feels like. Like, I don't know if it's because of the visual effects or because it has a lot of social commentary in it. It just feels like a reality that, you know, this could happen for real if, you know, weird supernatural things could happen. Because it, it, that's how real it feels. And that's how I'm like, that's what pulled me in. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's in the fantasy supernatural element. But they create a timeline that's so normal for us if like our everyday Add it with that, that's too much for me. I'm like, I gotta deal with racism and sexism and then evil demons coming out of stuff. Oh, hell no. But let's see how they're gonna handle it, you know? So mm-hmm. it's a great watch so far. Yeah, and also <laughs> check out all the 
alternate like they uh if you want to maybe they have for each film it has its own like poster and the posters are just amazing they look so good um and there's even again when you have something like this a certain project you also give the directors a really big uh leeway for creativity there's one episode that has two versions it has like the in color version and it has the black and white version because the director wanted it to kind of give that old timey feel to it. And if you look at like the poster for his specific film, it even has like old timey like font of like, check out this horror film. Ooh. It's about, ah. and it just, it just, it plays so well to overall the, like the, the creativity to it and their willingness just to like open up to like, just different directors doing things. So hopefully next year around October, we see more of Guillermo del Toro um, bringing in these art, bring in these artists and we see volume two yes. um, because yeah, I am so This, this will be my this. Halloween it's, tradition. I don't really do Halloween, but this can be my Halloween tradition is. Oh yeah. You need to watch, I think two of them with the person. Uh, Cause I think two of them were scarier than the rest of them. Um, okay which was really good. But there were like a couple of like ones that were absolutely just unnerving of like, Oh, actually I don't like that. You keep holding the camera on the shot. Can we? Uh-oh. Move? <laughs> Uh-oh. Sounds like well, I'm not watching it at nighttime. I'll watch it in the daytime just in case it's too much for oh, me. Yeah. But, uh, 10 a.m. Sharp. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I'm the, I am that person that will watch a horror movie 10 a.m. Just to be like, okay, I feel safe enough to watch this. And if I don't no. like it, I'll just turn it Not the off. Same. Not the same. With my coffee. First time. <laughs> no. You feel safe. I feel safe. No demons. No demons. Um, before we wrap up, I just want to do another shout out because as you know, uh David Tennant is back and being the next doctor, number 14 in Doctor for Doctor Who. I don't know about y'all, but who's my favorite doctor? So I'm actually looking forward to this whatever this looks like or brings um but i'm just i'm very glad to hear this type of news i don't know how y'all feel about Wait, that so they the, they're doing a, a black doctor and then they're gonna bring him back is that is that what that means um so I, great question a, there's a new one and then they're gonna cycle through him and then for one season I think so. I think that's what's going to happen. Because I, I know that, yeah, that guy is coming to be Doctor 2. But I think what's going to happen... I mean, I actually don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to sit and watch. But what I thought was... Um, David Tennant will be there. And then something's going to happen so that it passes on to the next guy. But I don't know. Those are just what I assume. But I am keep, just... Keep the diversity quick. And right. I mean, I get it. I get the diversity, <laughs> but like David Tennant is my favorite doctor. Like it's it's hard. Like I'm not yeah. that's why I'm not mad, but I'm just like, yeah, you're right. You made him jump well, I mean, into his it, shine, but it, it it looks like he'll be coming in as the fifteenth doctor. Sorry, the fourteenth. Sorry, he'll be coming he'll he'll be not be coming in as the fourteenth doctor, but the fifteenth doctor, and he'll assume the role following the surprise return of David Tennant. Okay, so after him. Yes. Okay. That, so it looks I'm like okay David Tennant's going to be the 14th Doctor as well as the, the 10th. The ten. Yeah. The 10th. So he'll have two titles as the Doctor. And I don't understand why. I don't watch the show, but I was kind of like, oh, I thought the whole thing was, it only was one person once. But you're like, no, 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 no. We got David again. You gotta have, like, what I tell you guys, David Tennant. To me, was the best doctor. Oh no, he, him, and uh, our boy Matt, Matt definitely Smith. made this. That role. was the first show where yeah. I was like, "This Matt Smith guy is pretty good at this." And then ever since then, I see him in something. I'm like, 
he's in it. I have to watch it. And I haven't been disappointed. I haven't even seen Mobius yet, but I keep seeing that scene where he's dancing. Him dancing. I have to watch Mobius just God to be like, it. what is the context? Don't do what it. What is the context? Don't do it. You do not you have to watch Mobius. This man is only Halloween, dancing because he finally is. Oh I will watch Mobius no. for Halloween, Cat, and then Cat. I will talk about he's it. He's only dancing because he can walk again. His whole character Wait, has this thing where he, his character, his whole, his whole <laughs> thing is that he's but sick, he and then he gets to be... But his the whole thing is that he's like tiny Tim. Like he's sick, he can't walk <laughs> oh, around. And then he becomes a vampire. He's like, oh, I can move, oh, I can like happened. I don't need crutches anymore. I'm not sick. I'm gonna dance. Well that makes sense to you the better. Move. Okay, I, I have uh, to watch this movie. Uh, I need context. Shake it down. Shake it how, down. It's bad. How tiny it's, Tim it's was a, he? I'm about to find out. It's well, he had like the cause like if I remember correct, they both had like their own versions of like crutches. Like, like I think um, Homeboy, who's the cult leader, had like two crutches. Um, but they were both like, you know, they couldn't get out of bed. They were sick and like they were going to die soon. And they're both like, why do I have to die so soon? I'm so smart. Why can't I live longer? Oh. And then vampirism. And then <laughs> vampirism. So. See, I'll watch it for Halloween. It fits. It'll be so bad. I'll enjoy it. And then I'll be like, okay, okay now I understand Matt Smith dancing more because every time I see it I'm like but why what? <laughs> okay why? he's tiny Tim okay <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> he had to move. what's gonna happen next gotta find out segue into Christmas <laughs> exactly um, well thank you guys for meeting up and talk about all the wonderful things that we talked about today pew, pew. listeners please don't forget you can always say hi leave a friendly comment or even uh, continue on the conversations you heard today on our social media. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, keepfirstpodcast.com. With that being said, stay safe, get your hot cider, enjoy some Halloween movies, and be spooky and geek on. This episode of Quest On Media's Geek Force was produced in Richmond, California.